Welcome back, you no-good bastards, to the Pod Deep Podcast. Be very quiet. Kick back. Listen up. Subscribe, comment, and like. Pod Deep Podcast. Pod Deep. Everybody, welcome back to the Pod D podcast. It's just myself, Hughes, and Jay. This is the freestyle uh, edition, episode thirty-one. You know, and we would like for you all to subscribe, share, comment. You know, just tell a friend. Uh, and right now, today is February the second, second day of Black History Month. Every, every, uh, I would say every kind of uh, city in uh, America right now, we're dealing with the the snowstorm. And so right now uh, here in Dallas, uh, we have ice and snow going on. Everything is freezing, freezing temperatures. Uh, and we really don't get road treatment for, for our, our streets here in Dallas. Um, things are different in, in Missouri where I'm from. So I want to ask Jared a, a couple of questions about um, snow, snow treatment and snow plowing and stuff like that and um, get this kicked off. So. Tell me about uh, your adventures, uh, not adventures, but tell me about your your um, snow piling. Okay, so I have a, a, a small landscaping company where I offered um, snow plowing, and I had a commercial contract with a local uh, healthcare business. It, it's a it's a rehab. Okay. And I had a contract. I did in the summer times. I did. Um, uh, they're mowing and um, trimming their uh, like their hedges and like spraying weeds stuff like that. But then at a certain point, I picked up their winter uh, snow plowing contracts. I don't know what happened. I think somebody quit on the commercial and commercial contracting. It happens all the time where you have a, a contract and the the businesses what they're doing every year is they're looking at their contracts and they're trying to figure out how to save money. So there's, there's not a lot of um, loyalty in the game. So you have to be careful how much you invest in your equipment to handle these contracts because the next year the contract could be gone or you have to negotiate uh, like longer term contracts instead of doing one year contracts. You want to try to lock them in for two or three years. That way you can invest in your business to handle the business and know that you're going to get possibly make your money back. But uh, so I picked up the snow contracts which I really didn't want to do it at first because I didn't have any experience doing it. But okay. sometimes you, you got to go outside of your comfort zone right. if you want to want to grow. Um, so so I picked up the contracts. I think I started off with two parking lots, one in North County, and then one was in the city off Del Mar. And I did not have a four by four truck. So what I started off doing was these were, were like, 
contractors know you you count how big a, a parking lot is by the square footage or by the number of parking spaces. So the first one in North County was probably fifteen to twenty parking spaces. Okay, a medium sized parking lot. It was. I started off doing these parking lots by hand with a push plow. They were too big, really, technically, to be doing with a push plow. But in a push plow, is just a, it looks like a big snow shovel with wheels at the bottom with a big handle. And you just do exactly how it sounds. You push the plow to push the snow. You know, you get out of your truck, your car, whatever, and you're pushing, pushing the plow. It's a cheap way to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, then the second parking lot in Delmar was smaller. It was like a little box. I don't know the square footage, but it was smaller. That was probably probably another 15 parking spaces, but just a smaller area to do than the one in North County. And I did that one by pushing pushing the uh, push plow also. I used the push plow because I didn't want to buy a four by four truck and a plow. I probably didn't even have time to get that done in time for to, to be ready for the winter anyway. So I had to do what I had to do. Okay. But, Eventually, I moved to getting a commercial uh, snowblower, 28-inch Honda snowblower. It was a real good snowblower. Uh, real reli- Honda is the one of the most reliable. Uh, they make one of the most reliable engines, mm-hmm. small engines when it comes to like lawnmowers and um, just lawn equipment. If you want to kind of... You can count on Honda engines, so that's why when you pay a little more for Honda products, but they are reliable. They start and run when you need them to run. Okay. So I moved up to a 28-inch commercial snowblower. Same thing though. That's you got to get out of your truck and uh, and blow the snow basically. So it's just think, picture me out by myself, and I'm doing this by myself. Sometimes my son helped me. Like mm-hmm. if if we got a real bad storm, I would call my son and help me. Okay. But mo- most of the time, it was just me. I could be out at one in the morning, and you know, with that snowblower out by myself, you know, on the parking lot, blowing snow, throwing salt on these parking lots. But so I did that for about a year or two, at least two years. Stacked up my money. the The businesses don't know that I'm doing this stuff by hand. They assume that I have a plow, so they're okay. paying me. I'm charging them plow money. I'm charging them as if I, I have a plow, but I'm doing it by hand, which I'm doing it cheaper by doing it by hand because I don't have, I didn't need to buy a new truck. I didn't need to spend four or five grand on a plow. I spent a hundred dollars on that push plow. And then I moved up to that commercial snowblower that was like 2,800. But by the time I bought that commercial snowblower, I had already made the money um, to, to cover it by pushing, you know, the push plow. Okay. So I did that for two years. Then, okay, I'm saying, uh, it's, I'm sick of that now. It's, you know, below zero. It's one in the morning. I'm out by myself. Mm-hmm. I need to make it easier for myself. My whole goal was to work my way up to a snowplow truck anyway. Okay. But I like reliable stuff. So I don't want to buy a used, beat-up truck that when it snows that I can't count on it, it breaks down. Or I'm out plowing by myself in the early morning, late at night. Gotcha. And the truck breaks down. So I bought a new truck, a new plow, installed the plow myself. And like that next winter, I plowed, I picked up uh, one, two, I picked up a third parking lot. I don't think it was four. It was a third parking lot on the south side. So now I need a a four by four truck Mm -hmm. uh, to get 
you know, from point A to point B. Because if it's snowing, I can't be out in a uh, rear wheel drive truck slipping and sliding like everybody else. I needed something reliable so I can get to the location. That's a fact. Um, so I picked up, they gave me another property on the south side, which I was doing that one by hand also before I got the plow, I believe. And I did that for um, for a season. I made good money uh, for that season. Yeah, that was it. So nobody, I self-taught. I taught myself how to plow. Mm-hmm. You know, watching YouTube videos, you learn where you have to figure out where to push the snow to. You, you want to push it to a place where when it starts melting, it runs off into like a drain if possible. Okay. You don't want it to start melting and refreeze right where people need to walk into the building. Mm. You also have to worry about people slipping and falling. Uh, if somebody, if you push the snow like close to an entrance to a building and it starts melting like that next day, mm-hmm. you have to worry about somebody walking through that ice and falling and you getting sued, all this stuff you have to think about. You have to figure out how you're going to price um, your services. Are you going to charge by the hour? Are you going to, some people charge by the inch. So if it snows one to two inches, mm-hmm. I charge this amount. If it char- if it snows three to four inches, I charge this amount. Four inches or higher, I charge you know this amount. That's how I did mine, uh, based on the inches that it snowed. And then if you have an issue, if somebody questions what you're billing them later, you can go back to the weather reports and look it up and say, okay, on this day I plowed, it, it snowed two inches, so I charge you this amount. Or on this day, it snowed four inches. We got four inches of snow, so this is why I charge you this amount. So basically, you have something to go back and, and prove why you charge somebody what you charge. Do they give you feedback? Do they ask you to come back out here uh, to to redo a parking lot or something like that? Is that a case, or is that another charge if, if they're requesting? Like, hey, we got here in the morning, and this parking lot was covered in snow and ice. Okay, that's a good question. When you get those kind of calls, you messed up. It don't even it doesn't even mean that you messed up. Sometimes the weather just comes in funny. Like mm. the weather w- could come in as rain first. You can't plow or put salt down when it's raining. The rain will just wash it away, so you have to wait. Okay. Okay. So, if the snow starts coming down at 4 a.m. and I need to be North County City then South Side, somebody might get missed you know, along mm-hmm. that, that chain. Okay. So I may start on the South side first, my furthest location. I may start on the South side and work that parking lot, then go to the city, work that parking lot. And I'm on my way to North County. Then I get a call. Hey, we made it to work and the parking lot is not clear, but you know, it, it could happen. I, I'm one person. You no, know, the weather came in funny. I'm on my way to you. Just mm-hmm. kind of explain it. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm on my way. And you show up and do your thing. You just have to not let that happen too much. You don't want any calls from anybody. You just want to do the work, make sure it's clear when they show up to work. And when they leave work, make sure they can get out of the parking lot. So basically, you want to avoid any calls. But for me, if I service your parking lot and say mm-hmm. like 8 a.m., it snowed at 8 a.m., I show up, I service you, I clear the snow, I salted it. If it snows again at 5 o'clock and I come back, I'm charging you again. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Some people charge per storm. Some mm. people charge per visit. Mm-hmm. 
I charge, I like to get per visit because, you know, I'm burning gas and, and spending time clearing that parking lot. You know, and if I have to come at eight, I do my thing, clear it and leave. If it snows again, that's a whole nother visit. It's like you showing up for a haircut at eight o'clock and you come back at five o'clock for another haircut. That's another charge. Okay, good point, good point. So how did you time, like when you, you're gonna you're gonna be uh, plowing three parking lots? And the snow is hitting four in, four in the morning. Is your goal to get out there, make sure all this snow is out there, so that you can, you know, um, put the ice down, then plow it. I mean, the salt down and plow it. Or were you trying to um, be out there whenever it first hit the ground? Okay, it depends on how this storm is coming in. If it's if it's coming in as straight snow, you probably want to pre-treat it with salt. Okay. So as the snow is coming down, it's is melting. Mm-hmm. The first wave of snow, if it's light snow, it'll melt. If you get heavy snow, no amount of salt, you wasting salt. If it's a heavy snow and you put salt down, it's just going to cover the salt. The salt won't do anything. But if it's a light snow, you can put salt down. That'll buy you some time. So if I pre-treat everything and uh, we get a light snow, that means the south side will probably be okay for a couple hours. That salt will melt that snow so I can focus on North County. Mm-hmm. clear that clear the city and then make my way down south also it man you are like a like a weather reporter or a meteorologist when you're dealing with snow you have to look at the weather reports you have to see if the the weather is coming in from the south if it's coming in from the south i probably mm-hmm. want to start on focus on the south side okay if, if it's coming in from the north or the west i want to focus on the city and um uh, uh st louis county or the north county first so you have to figure out how the weather is coming in, what time is coming in, what type of weather, the temperature. The temperature also dictates what type of salt you use. So you don't, we don't just use just straight salt. Your straight hmm. straight salt stops working at a certain temperature. Really? So once you drop below a certain temperature, straight salt won't do anything. It won't melt anything. Okay. So then you have to go down. You have to go up. It's not down because it costs more. Um, it's called calcium chloride. Calcium chloride melts at a lower temperature, but it's more expensive. I'll give you an example. I can get a, a bag of salt, like a 50-pound bag of salt, let's say, for five bucks. Okay. But a 50-pound bag of calcium chloride costs about $20. Damn. That's so a big price difference. That's a big difference, yeah. So, And I have to eat that cost. I can't charge some people do charge like the businesses they'll charge the business more when they use calcium chloride but you kind of getting into like a petty area when you start doing that but how do you know if the weather changes on you you've already given your price with with just using a regular salt and then Mm -hmm. the 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 temperature drops like that you know yeah you have to fact that factor that in uh, to your prices like you won't always have to use calcium chloride. It's just when you get ice and super low temperatures. Mm-hmm. So if you live in a in a climate where it's constantly like below zero, mm-hmm. when you bid on these jobs, I guess you probably just want to bid on using based on using calcium chloride. Okay. But if you like or in the south or the Midwest, you can probably just bid based on using salt. You're really not going to use calcium chloride all the time. Also, calcium chloride, it, it goes a long way. So you may throw a whole 50-pound bag of salt down to, to melt an area, 
Mm-hmm. But with calcium chloride, you may only need two handfuls of calcium chloride because it works so well. So you're not really using that whole bag. Oh, okay. If that makes sense. It's so potent and it works so well. You don't you're not using that whole 20 pound bag. You just you may put your salt down and just mix it in with the calcium chloride. That's what mm-hmm. um uh St. Louis County does. They put calcium chloride on top of their salt, liquid calcium chloride on top of that salt to uh, make the salt more effective. Is that is that the blue looking liquid that comes out? That's it. Okay. I've seen calcium that. chloride is clear, so, but it, it makes that salt look blue when it yeah. mixes together. Okay. Yep. So so that's how, what that is. Go back. How did how did you for 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 the viewers and the listeners and, and young men and women that want to get off into something like that as a side hustle, how did you bid for your contracts and how did you just approach the, the building or the park parking lot owners how did you go about doing that okay there are two ways mm-hmm. the best way is knowing somebody that's okay. how i got in knowing somebody okay if, if you it's about relationships and connections you hear okay. people saying it all the time how important it is and it's, it's really important now you can get lucky i can mm-hmm. take you one step i'll answer that question but i'll take you one step deeper from okay. how i see things so it's about connections you can uh in landscaping, there are like state websites where they you can just submit bids to different um, municipalities and local governments. They are, by law, they have to make their jobs public. So they have to take in bids from the public. So you can bid on different jobs. And what happens is most times they'll take the lowest bid. Okay. So if, if you come in at the lowest bid, I see it all the time. If you come in at the lowest bid, and you have the proper um, insurance, and you can pull the proper proper permits, and you have the proper uh, equipment, um, and you don't owe any taxes. You, your business is, is in good standing. You'll probably get the contract. Um, so you can go that way. You can just submit bids. Like if if a um, what do you call that? A strip mall. If a strip mall is being built in your area, you can just contact those businesses and say, "Hey, I do snow removal." Um, or you accepting bids, and they'll tell you yes or no. They'll t- if if it if they are, they'll tell you who to submit the bid to, okay. and you figure out how much you want to bid and submit the bid. And if you get lucky, you get the job. But for me, I got my commercial contracts through the person who basically was in charge of uh, approving the contractors. So she would get the bids in and say, "Okay, I select you. I select you. I select you." So this person. Um, told me about these jobs. She told me about the landscaping part first. I submitted my bids. I came in too high. They selected someone else. Mm -hmm. The next year that someone else retired, she called me back up and said, hey, do you want these jobs? I said, yep, I'll take them. For whatever the price he was doing it at, I'll take it. Because a lot of times you can outbid the job. Mm -hmm. Basically, you're asking for too much money and they just go with somebody else. And you'd be like, damn, I, I should have lowered my bid. So that's what I did. I said, whatever he, I just wanted to get my foot in the door. So whatever he did it for, and he he underbid the job. He was charging, not a, he was a guy who was, had retired from his job. So he was just doing it on the side. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like his, his prices were not in line with somebody who was really taking it seriously. Basically, right. he bid too low, but I, I didn't care. I just wanted to get my foot in the door. It was steady money. It's, is money you don't have to chase down. It's you submit your invoice at the end of the month and they write you a check. You don't have to go back and forth about the amount. You don't have to chase anybody down. 
it's just steady money, um, you know, every month. So I just said, I'll do it for whatever he was charging. She showed me what he was charging. I saw it was low. It was good enough for me. So I just took it. Okay. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it was just knowing somebody. So you you mentioned having proper insurance. What type of insurance do you need to to get your um, your your company off the ground, like uh, as as a plow service company? Okay, I'm gonna tell you everything two ways. Okay, you you want to have liability insurance. Okay. Um, if you're doing doing commercial contracts, they're gonna tell you how much insurance you need based on. Uh, their property. If it's a bigger business, you need more insurance. So they may say you need a million dollar policy. You cannot let these amounts scare you because a million dollars sounds scary, but it's really a million dollar policy may cost you $100 or less per month. Mm -hmm. Now you have to weigh that $100 you need to spend spend to get this insurance policy against how much you're going to make. So if you're making a thousand dollars per month, you need this $100 policy is really not a problem. You know what I'm saying? So you have to shop around. Just like you shop around for car insurance, you have to shop around for liability insurance. You can get this through Geico, through Progressive, through any insurance company. So it's just a matter of making a phone call to, to make that adjustment and then just proving it to the business that, okay, you're right. I started off with 100000 but you said I need a million. So I just made the phone call and took mm -hmm. the policy up to a million. Here's the proof right here. And yeah, just like car insurance. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Okay. Just like you lower and raise your car insurance coverage. Same thing. So you print out proof of insurance and you show them, hey, I have the insurance. They say, cool. You you have the contract. Sign the contract. This is how much we're going to pay you. This this is the service that you're going to provide. This is how long you're going to provide the service. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, basic contract. So let me ask you a question. Another question. So. Did you have to start start off with a brand new truck, or could you have started with a used truck, or was this your your, your, your personal preference? You know, I could have started with the used truck. Okay. For me, I was already doing landscaping, I already had a used truck, so I already know the used truck game, and mm -hmm. I work on my own truck, so I already know when my truck breaks down, I can't work. So right. that time I should be out working. I'm. Uh, like up under the truck, trying to find parts, put parts on the truck, and then I lost a day or two. Then you you're behind schedule. Then you have to catch up. So when you first start now, if you can afford it, you want to go. If you can afford it, and if it makes sense for you, you probably want to go new. But if yeah. it's just something, oh, I'm sorry. What you recommend uh, truck wise? What What do you recommend the best winter truck? The best winter truck. For, about four. A lot of, for snow plowing, a lot of people run Ford trucks. They okay. like Ford trucks. Uh, uh, where I work at now, everything is Ford. They 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 seem okay, but I'm not a Ford person. But a lot mm -hmm. of people who plow, you when you see a lot of plow trucks, a lot of them are Ford trucks. They are good for plowing trucks. But I'm a little different. I like. Okay, my truck was going to be a plow. It's not just a, a plow truck. It's my personal truck also. Okay. So I'm, I'm not a Ford person. So I went with a Toyota Tundra. Tundra. Okay. That's a nice truck. <laughs> yeah. Some people, you see plow, you don't see it a lot. You, you probably see, will see Toyota Tundras in super cold climates where the t like temperature is like 15 below zero. You may see a few Tundras, but most times you're going to see Chevys and Fords. Chevys, Fords. Dodge, 
and then Toyota or the trucks you're going to see. So, but I always wanted a Tundra. They're super reliable. They hold their value. So I just went with the Tundra. Okay. Okay. Um, snow and put it out. Order my snowplow. You, you can order all this stuff. You can order like the equipment. You can order online. So I ordered my snowplow. It got delivered it, uh, through. I think it was FedEx Freight. Um, so they show up with a big box with your snowplow in it. They drop it off, push it in your garage. You can either um, pay somebody to put it on for you, or try to figure out how to put it on. You know, put it on the truck for yourself by yourself. It's not that hard to do. Okay, so what else? So you did yourself? Was was it heavy? It is heavy, but you have to like. I have like these dollies on wheels, so you. Okay. I didn't. I didn't. You can get super heavy weight, heavy duty plows. I went with a medium duty plow, something I can move around. I knew I had to move it around by myself. Okay. To put it on the truck and take it off the truck. So it was something I can lift up. I could lift one side of it up and and put that side on the dolly, go to the other side, lift that side up, put it on the dolly, and and roll it around my garage. Mm-hmm. So it was it was it was it was a good quality plow, but it was not the the most heavy duty commercial plow, which I didn't need because I was only doing parking lots. Mm-hmm. You only really need that super heavy du- duty stuff when you're plowing streets. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So it's when you heavy when you, but manageable, huh? It was heavy, but it's manageable. Okay, okay. So do you have to worry about like you know how they they use the uh, the salt on the streets? We get you know I would say later that spring or that summer we get those potholes. Do you mm-hmm. have to? Is that a, a a part of consideration when you picking the type mm-hmm. of salt to to uh, use on the uh, parking lot? Yep. Okay. okay. You have certain type. You have different types of pavements. You have concrete pavement and you have asphalt. Okay. That salt will probably destroy a concrete um, parking lot. Asphalt, mm-hmm. you can you can get away with using salt. It'll it'll mess up the the asphalt. But you know it's a part of the game. It's I mean you, there's no way around it really. Right. But when sometimes with all concrete parking lots, they'll tell you don't use salt. So at that point, you have to uh, go with something like um, calcium chloride. Calcium chloride is is not as hard on concrete as salt is. I, c- I could have it backwards. Uh, let me see. Let me see. It may be backwards. I have to. I can't. I can't without looking at it. It's one one or the other. Either salt is worse on concrete or yeah, calcium chloride is worse. Yeah, salt is worse on concrete. I'm thinking it's salt. So you would have to use calcium chloride, which is more expensive. So when you go into that situation, you have to bid accordingly. So you know up front, calcium chloride costs about four times as much as salt does. I can only use calcium chloride. So when I give you my bid, I'm bidding based on me having to use, you know, calcium chloride. Oh, did I answer the question? Yeah, you answered the question. Yeah. So, So what happens if you lose a bid? Someone gets to be and they don't show up. Do they still contact you, or 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 has it, it never happened? Yep, that happens. People people get the job, get the contract, and they go out of business for whatever reason. They can have health problems. They can be on drugs. Their equipment can break down. They could change their mind. They could mm-hmm. shut their business down. They may call you back up. You may you may have been the second best price, and they may call you back up and say, "Hey, you know, can you take over?" 
So yeah, that that happens. So as a business opportunity, do you take the price up or do you do you stay at the price that that you originally uh, bid it with, um, not knowing where that weather condition was headed at that moment? It's it's up to you how you want to do it. They are in a bind. You can just be fair about it and just do it for the price you said you would do it at, or you can say, okay, you're inconveniencing me because when you said I didn't get this job, I took on other jobs. Now I'm stretched thin. I can do it, but now I need to charge you more. So it just depends on how you want to run your business. Okay. Okay. And for a business like that landscaping uh, that you're going to start in the winter time, just throw out a general number, nothing with nothing too personal. What would you suggest that a, a individual save up or start off their, their landscaping uh, winterized business with? Truck, plow, salt. It's all in what you're servicing and how you want to start. You can start out with a $1,500 truck. I see mm-hmm. raggedy trucks all the time. Make, and those trucks, they look bad, but they're making money. You'd mm-hmm. be making thousands of dollars with a $2,000 truck. So it just, it depends on how much, I'm going to give you an answer. I'm going to answer your question. It just depends on the individual person, what they can afford and what they want. There's no right or wrong answer. There's no Ford is better, Dodge is better. It's whatever you like and whatever you that works for you is the right thing to use. There there is no one way. That's the beauty of the, of the job. It's, you have the freedom to build it however you want to see it. If you want to run small Toyota Tacoma trucks, the smallest trucks possible, if that's your game, you want to like be super efficient, burn less gas and run small trucks, you can run, you know, a small truck. You can plow, yeah, plow truck in a, in a Tacoma 4x4. You don't need a big truck if sure. you're just doing like small parking lots. If you're not getting like 10, 10 inches of snow, you can use small trucks. But um, to answer your question, if I had to put it i probably wouldn't put a dollar amount on it i would say find a good reliable four by four truck that's first okay don't don't buy that truck just find out what that truck is and how much they go for then you figure out you have to plows or uh or truck specific so when you have different what do you mean you say plows or truck specific specific. so if you're going to buy a brand new uh, snow plow, it doesn't matter. If it's brand new, it's, it's going to fit on any 4x4 truck. Okay. But if you're buying a, a used snow plow, um, the mounts, so the, the parts to install it on the truck, which are called mounts and wiring harnesses, they work with certain trucks. So you may have a, a 2008 to 2014 Ford F-150 uh snow plow mount and wiring harness kit it'll so it'll, it'll only work for those years for a ford if it's a used plow so you have to figure out okay before you buy the truck if you're going the used plow route you have to say okay this plow for this amount will work with this truck so you kind of have to time it mm-hmm. if it makes sense you don't want to go buy a truck and then figure out the plow later. You kind of want to do it all at the same time. Okay. If that makes sense. Um, but if you if you're going with you can buy a used truck and buy a new plow and it doesn't matter. You just call up the manufacturer or whoever you're ordering ordering the, the plow from and just say I have a used 2008 Ford F150 
They say, "Cool, yeah, we have um the the mount and wiring harness for this plow that fits your trucks. It's, it's no problem if you're buying a used. I'm sorry if you're buying a new plow, but if you're buying a used plow, you kind of want to figure out the truck and the plow at the same time." What's um, the uh, resale value like on that on that equipment? Let's say you you know you like I'm not getting the contracts uh that that I I thought I would get. You know, I got the the big boy type of equipment. Mm-hmm. What's the resale value like on, on some of that equipment if you're trying to get out the game? That's the beauty of, of this also. My wife used to give me shit all the time about, you buying all this shit? Uh, <laughs> I'm like, Teresa, it, it holds resale value. Um, mm-hmm. And it, I'm making money with it. So mm-hmm. uh, my plow, I probably paid uh, 4500 I got a good deal on, on the plow I got. It was like a surplus plow. It was brand new, but it was like a holdover plow from the year before. So okay. they just wanted to get rid of it. So I got, I say maybe 500 bucks off the price of the plow. Mm. So I, I may have paid, but I don't remember the exact amount, but mm-hmm. let's say 4,500 bucks for the plow. Okay. I used that plow for a year. The plow was like brand new. I barely use it. We barely got snow, but I made good money plowing snow. And mm. I ended up selling that plow on eBay for like 3,500 a year oh, later. Wow. Oh, wow. That is I could have, I probably paid like five grand for that plow once it was all said and done. Uh, the guy was, he was, had a shit eating grin on his face. He was happy to pay that 35. It was like, I was thinking about that guy today. It was <laughs> like he was looking at me like I was dumb for selling this so low, which means that I could have got more for it. But I just need, I just wanted to get rid of it. It was just taking up space in my garage. Makes sense. I, yeah, I was just over the whole thing. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to get, I didn't want to, like be trying to get instead of trying to get four grand for it and sit on the plow for it, you know, two or three years trying to sell it. Mm-hmm. But that guy was happy to get that plow because it was it was like in like new condition. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I made money with that plow, only lost let's say fifteen hundred selling it, but I made thousands of dollars. When I say made good money, I'll tell you how much I made that year. I made uh, about a little more than fourteen thousand. Oh wow. Um. um just now, in one this, season. Was this was this part time or was this a full time activity? Full time? No. You you you're only working when it snows. So, um, whenever it snows, the man here we don't get a whole lot of snow. So, mm-hmm. let's say you may plow ten times for the whole winter. Mm-hmm. That's it. You work ten times the whole winter. Now the rest of the winter, you you're doing your thing. Right. If 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 you have enough money to not work, some people right. work, you know, other jobs may work a part time job, may drive Uber. They may, you know, be doing other stuff. But me, I just did um the snow plowing and it was enough money. I made enough money in the summertime and I knew I was going to make some snow plow money. So, you know, I could save my money and budget right. where I just did the snow plowing. When it snowed, that's when I work. So let's say we get 90 days of winter time. I worked mm-hmm. 10 days out of those 90 and I made enough money to sustain me, you know, all winter. So was that plow that you had, was it good enough? Like, let's say if you all would have moved to the East Coast, East, East Coast region, would yep. it be strong enough to, to to handle that type of uh, snow and that type of weather and stuff? Yep. I would have worked the shit out of that plow. I would have kept it. <laughs> yep. I didn't go like super cheap. I went right. I went in the middle. Like, I don't want to. I, I learned from this. Okay, when you first get in this game, this is how it goes. Okay. You start off using residential 
quality equipment. So you we end up going to Home Depot. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys start off with push mowers, right? Mm -hmm. So they say, okay, I only have five yards, so I can just go to Home Depot and buy, spend four or five hundred dollars to get a push mower. That's what you start off with. Then you mm -hmm. find out quickly those mowers break down. They they can't handle all that work, that constant mm -hmm. work every day. Okay. So. Uh, you'll make money with those mowers, but they break down. So you'll be spending time fixing them more, replacing them more. Then you move up to commercial equipment. Mm -hmm. The commercial equipment, it, of course, it costs more, but it's more reliable. It's, it's faster. So you can get done with the job quicker. It's more efficient. You can make more money. You can work it all day long. You can um, uh, just cover more ground with commercial equipment. So you, you kind of that's why I start off with the push plow. I already knew the game. So don't hop off in and trying to buy the biggest and best before you know that it, that you can make enough money to cover those expenses. Okay. Smart. So I started off with the push more, then I worked my way up to the commercial more. Um, so I, that's why I started off with a, a push a snow plow, then a, a um, snow blower, then I worked my way up to the um, the uh, plow and the truck. So you don't have to do it that way. Some people just jump right in and get a commercial mower or a snow plow and a snow truck, and it works out for them. So it's just is no. That's what I'm going back to is no one way to do it. Is is whatever works for you is the right way, and nobody is can tell you that you're wrong about it. If it works for you, that's the you know the way that you that you will go. I got I got a question. So how do how does it work with the snow plow when you have these? Uh, residential areas that have these gates and stuff like that gated communities like is that a is that a, a contract or is that you know like a hoa you know what i'm saying would you be able to get a contract on those type of communities to do the streets in that area and stuff like that are those up yep. for grabs yep they are those okay what happens with the hoas um it can be a gated community or not i live in a hoa so what they do is they they solicit contracts. Okay. So basically what they do is they go online, they see who's working in the area that the, the community is in. They reach out to all the different contractors, all the landscaping companies or snow plow companies. Mm -hmm. And they say, hey, we're looking to get these streets plowed and salted all winter long. Send us, uh, send us a contract, send us a bid, not a contract, send us a bid for this work. So they solicit bids, the bids come in, they usually take the cheapest bid. So yes, you can get contracts with HOAs. Okay. Yep. That's good. No, okay. Your HOA is just if you live in an HOA or if you live in an apartment complex, nine times out of ten, the person or company, it could be a person or company, it could be mm -hmm. both. It could be a person who has a company. But whoever's servicing your parking lot or your HOA, it's just a person or a company. You know what I'm saying? That that bid on that piece of work and they got the work and they have the equipment and they just service it. So in that, in that scenario, if you're coming through that um, that gated community, are you giving them the heads up to everybody uh, park their car uh, in the in the driveway? I need the yep. street. You can tell you can try to reach out to the HOA and get them to communicate with the residents. But okay. you don't want to you don't want to talk to anybody when you're out plowing snow. You don't want anybody approaching you <laughs> talking. I'm telling you a good story about that. All you don't right. want anybody approaching you or talking to you at all. You just want to plow and be left alone and do your job. 
that's one of the beauties with landscaping. Okay. Landscaping work is known to be one of the most relaxing, stress-free uh, lines of business you can get into. If you look mm. it up, you, you'll see it online. It's because you're, you're by yourself. You're with your own thoughts. People leave you alone as opposed to other jobs where you're constantly on the phone. Uh, you have to deal with people. A lot of times you don't have to do, deal with that in yeah. landscaping. It's just quiet. You can meditate. You just do your work and do your thing. Mm. But nine times out of ten, somebody is talking to you or if you're talking to the public when you're plowing snow, it's a problem. They're complaining. You, you push snow in front of my mailbox. You push snow in front of my driveway. I had a guy, I was plowing. I was dropping salt. I was plowing. It was doing both, plowing and dropping salt. This guy stopped me and told me I hit his car with the salt. He was parked on the street. So I'm coming down the street just dropping salt behind the truck. Mm-hmm. I, I can't see where it's going. I'm just driving down the street, you know, dropping salt on the street, normal. And he complained that I hit his car with the salt. So he shouldn't be complaining. He should park in his driveway. Right. You know, you know it's snow. Get off the street. Right. But a lot of people, they park on the street. They'll block, they'll park side by side on the street where a salt truck can't even get down the street. So, you know, when that happens, you just have to turn around. You can't do it. You can't do anything. You can't go knock on their door and say, hey, can you move the car? You, You know, get shot in the face doing that. So you just have to turn around and just skip it and keep going. Oh wow! So what are what are the risks that you that you face uh, plowing uh, residential and commercial um, parking lots and streets? You know, like are you responsible uh, if you plow uh, a commercial parking lot? Are you responsible if somebody falls? You are. That's where the liability insurance comes in at. You can get wow. sued. Wow. Yeah. On on the on the street first. You have property damage. You can run into somebody's car. You can um, you can slide into a car. You can slide into a mailbox. You can plow somebody's mailbox by mistake. Like I said, if that guy wanted to complain, he could call in and complain and say, I, I dinged his car with assault. He could be telling the truth or lying. Uh, sometimes cars are parked you know, side by side on the street. And you're trying to ease past these cars. You can knock off their mirror with the snow plow. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, you can damage people, damage mailboxes and trees. Uh, sometimes people trees hang over in the street, mm-hmm. and you'll come by. It'll knock like the uh, the uh, what do you call? It? It's not a siren. The strobe light. It'll knock the strobe light off the top of your truck, so you can get your equipment damaged also. Oh wow! So yeah, you have to worry about slips and falls, property damage. Uh, somebody can run. I saw a guy with a with a snowplow truck. Um, I think. Here Sunday, it, it, we got snow and salt. So it looked like he ran into, I don't know what he ran into, but he tore his truck up. So, yeah, just like regular motorists slide off the road, we can slide off the road. It happens all the time. Snowplow trucks slide off the road. You know, it, it's dangerous work. It's not all sweet, all money. It's, it, you have to be careful, and it's dangerous work. That's what I was about to ask you. Are there are there jobs that you refuse once you show up on the, on the scene, like a residential area that somebody turned down and it's full of ice and they have hills and stuff like that. Um, and it hasn't, you know, you're, you're not, you're not, you didn't beat the storm. The storm mm-hmm. has already came and they just need somebody to kind of, I guess, clean up their, their street, you know, whether you need to plow it or you need to sod it or there are situations where you're like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. This is too risky and dangerous. 
if you work for somebody, nine's out of ten, nine times out of ten, you cannot say no if you work for somebody's own company. But the beauty of working for yourself and having your own company, a lot of people don't talk about this. You have the power to say no. And that's really that's a really important thing when you have your own business. Have is having the power to say no. It's not say, 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 that, say that again, Jerry, for the people that are, that don't that's not an entrepreneur that they don't know what they feel like. Say it's, that again. It's <laughs> having the power. It, it, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's power. It feels powerful. It's, it sounds negative, but it, it really is powerful. And I, I'll explain. It's the power to say no that is most important. It's what you're seeking. It's not the power to say yes. So when you're working a job, you pretty much have to say yes to anything. If they say go down to the mail room and pick this box up, you kind of have to say yes, even if it's not your job. Exactly. But when you have your own company, if somebody says, hey, I want to pay you to go down to the mail room and pick this box up. If you don't want to do it and you don't need the money, you can just say no and mm -hmm. go about your business, go do something else. So having the power to say no is very important. So going back to your question, if you show up on a job, and somebody called you or sent an email and said, hey, this is where I live. I need this done. And you show up and you see it's too dangerous, too sketchy. You can say no. Now, by saying no, we live in the social media, online Internet. Hey, somebody can leave you a bad review like on your on your um, like Google reviews or Yelp. You can get a bad review. So you have to be courteous to people. You have to be professional. Mm -hmm. um, to people. You can't be an asshole to people because it can damage your reputation. Um, so yeah, you can say no if you think you're going to tear up your equipment or if, you, if you're just not um, uh, equipped to deal with the situation. It's, sometimes it's best to say no and not yeah. bite off more than you can chew and get into a bad situation. Yeah, that's a good point. That, that's a, that's a, yeah, you, you bring up an interesting point. You know, It's, it's a lot of people that have never experienced what that feels like, you know? Yeah. They've said no when they shouldn't have said no, you yeah. know, but that's not the same, you know, empowering, uplifting type of feeling of, you know, everything is going to be okay. Okay. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. okay. I think, I think I yeah. do, you do you recommend that landscaping job for, for, for young guys, middle-aged guys, uh, Retired guys. A lot of people, a lot. I mean, to cut you off. A lot of people look down on landscaping, but for a person that wants to own their own business, it is a easy line of business to get into because everybody has a home. There's so many yards and so much work, and the equipment is so cheap and the trucks are so cheap that a lot of. That's why I see. That's why you see a lot of people doing it. It's just. The, the startup cost is so cheap is what I'm trying to say. The startup cost is so cheap and you have a, a big amount of work out there that you can get. You see a lot of people doing this. So, yeah, I do recommend it. Even if you start off doing landscaping just to figure out how to operate a business, um, just to learn and maybe you move on to something else. Yeah, I think it's a, a good business for anybody to get into. Women do it, too. You see couples, you'll see a couple running a landscaping business. You, sometimes you see women, just women running their own landscaping business. So yeah, a lot of people look down on it, but it's a service that a lot of people need. You And um, you can get a certain customer base where 
you're you're helping people. There are a lot of elderly people yeah, who can't true. cut their grass. Right. So I have a lot of retirees. They retired. They have health problems. They they can't get out there in 100 degree weather and cut their grass. So I, I feel I'm helping them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have um, not widows, but just single older women who mm-hmm. they don't know anything about lawnmowers and lawns, and they, they just they it's not their thing. So I'm helping those people. I have a a guy who doesn't have the use of his legs. He he can't you know run a lawnmower. So I'm helping him out. I'm making money. It's a business, but I'm also, you know, helping people in the community. So you get a, a self fulfillment depending on your customers. Yeah, you, you bring up an interesting point because at the end of the day, those people still want their yards to represent their house. They still want to up, have that uh, upkeep. You know what I'm saying? And don't want to be the house that that looks horrible. You know, because they they yard they they're not able to get out there and cut the grass and rake the grass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a few people like that. I have a, an older lady where her kids live out of town and she is just hanging on to the house and her, her kids, you know, they look out for her and she, she has a real big yard, a bunch of trees and stuff. And she just can't, I think her husband probably passed away. She just can't do it anymore. So stuff like that comes up all the time. What do you do with the grass? Um, leaves, 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 grass. One, one, two things. Grass. I only bag my own grass, so um, only collect my own grass. I don't. You, you really. When you have a bunch of yards, you can't. Some people do it, but you can't really be collecting people's grass, like bagging their grass every two weeks or every week and some people do it but i don't do it it's 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 just too much too much time too much expense so with these with a good mower you can mulch the grass so the Mm. blades just chop it up so fine you you don't really see anything okay that's good so i just mulch it up and keep going okay what about leaves though do the same thing with leaves if you have a bunch of leaves, you may have to collect the leaves. I, I like to just mulch the leaves okay. because collecting the leaves, which means either raking the leaves or bagging the leaves and then taking the leaves to dump the leaves, that's more expense. So there's more money I have to charge the homeowner to get rid of the leaves. You know, I keep I can keep the price down, make the, be more fair and competitive with my price if I can mulch the leaves. But if you have a bunch of leaves in a small area, I may have to bag the leaves and I may have to charge you extra to get rid of the leaves. Or some people just want the leaves collected. They don't want it most. Most people don't, they don't care. As long as they look outside and the leaves look like they're gone, they don't care if you mulch leaves or collect the leaves. But I like to mulch the leaves. It takes longer. You have to run your equipment longer, but you don't have to pay to um, dump the leaves. What's happening over the last couple of years with when, when gas price, the last couple of years, I guess it's still happening. Gas prices have been going up. Mm-hmm. So these places where you pay to dump your leaves, they are have they have been increasing their prices. It's just an inflation thing. They have to pay their workers more money. They have to pay more for gas. They have to pay more to maintain their equipment or to buy their equipment. So every, everywhere prices are going up. So if I used to pay... 
let's say $30 to dump a truckload of leaves two or three years ago, that cost may be up to 50 bucks. So I have to pass that cost on to the homeowner. I, I can't, I'm not going to pay out of my pocket that extra cost to dump the leaves. I have to charge the homeowner. So it just makes their price go up. So you may bid on a job and thinking you're going to dump the leaves. So you have to charge them, let's say an extra 70 bucks on top of the work. And it, it just may be too much. You may lose the job. Whereas if you mostly you can take out that $70 cost and make the price more fair and, you know, get the job. What about going all electric, electric lawnmowers, electric vehicles uh, for like your, your snow plowing and stuff? Uh, mm -hmm. How efficient is that business wise? Okay. I don't know about the snow plowing side. That's a good question. I've never seen that. That's probably a good, it's probably somebody out there with an electric truck. Mm -hmm. uh, plowing snow that's a good probably youtube video that probably would get a lot of views mm -hmm. um, electric vehicles are not reliable in cold weather so i don't think anybody is looking to run all electric in super cold weather when it gets super cold those batteries don't hold a charge like they do when it's warm outside really? so yep you lose range so and it makes your truck unreliable like if you're plowing snow you can't stop and go sit at a, a charger and uh, charge up for an hour. You know, yeah. you can do it, but that's time you're not making money. Right. So I don't think anybody's rushing to go electric who's plowing snow. Okay. Good point. Um, California is banning small engine gas motors real soon. So basically, they're going to make it where you can't even buy gas lawnmowers is what i'm trying to say gas chainsaws gas um, trimmers you won't even be able to buy those in california now you can go outside of california and get you know gas equipment but inside the state of california they're going to stop selling gas lawnmowers everything's going to be electric trimmers weed eaters all electric that's what they're pushing in california so that wave is coming you can buy that stuff now you can buy uh electric commercial mowers electric lawnmowers electric tremors i don't for me i don't like i don't like it i like i'd like gas because it's just there's no charging your batteries up it's not it's not like you can run into oops i forgot to charge my battery um so i have to stop and go charge my battery or i need six extra batteries driving around with three four extra batteries to make sure i can do a job i just like gas put gas in start it up and go so, Does it? Do you think the electric equipment? Do you think it would save you money in the long run, or it kind of evens out, or the convenience of gas is just um, it doesn't even matter. The convenience for me, the convenience of gas beats everything. Okay, and you can work on your own equipment if you're that type of person with gas uh, gas engines. You can work on your own equipment. You can, if an engine goes bad, you can get a new engine. Just put a new engine on it yourself. Uh, with electric, you have to be more technical to work on that stuff, and it's newer, so it's it's not proven. You don't know how reliable it's going to be in the future. Like gas lawnmowers, gas weed trimmers have been around for 100, 100 years. So you know it's reliable. You know there's a bunch of people who already know how to work on it and maintain it. Um, so it's just, it's just too new and unreliable at this point for me to even consider switching to electric. Mm. Like I've seen, I watch videos. I've seen, I see people who use it. Some people like it. But now I don't 
I would never switch to electric. I just like gas. Is the is the um is the lawn care um equipment resale value uh good as well or mm -hmm. yep, it depends on what you have. Okay, on the commercial side, lawn care equipment gets rated by the number of hours you use it for. So let's say uh, a commercial mower is rated to last 2,000 hours. So mm -hmm. what happens is you just like on your car, you have a, a, a speedometer. What do you mm -hmm. call that? It keeps track of the mileage. I can't think of the name of it. You know, is it speedometer? Is that the name of it? Speedometer mm -hmm. is speed. I thought it was odometer. Odometer. That's what it is. I couldn't think of the name. It's old. You got speedometer and odometer. It's the odometer. Mm -hmm. So a lot of commercial mowers have hour meters, which is basically the odometer. So when you're buying used equipment, you want to know how many hours it has on it. The lower the hours, the more it's worth. Um, and then you just visually look at the equipment. You can look at equipment and see if, if somebody has not been taken care of, if, if it's, the paint is all uh, chipped up, if it's rusty. You can just see if somebody has not been maintaining their equipment. And all this stuff factors into how much you'll pay for it. But to answer your question, yeah, uh, this is depending on how how used it is and how well taken care of the piece of equipment piece of equipment it is that dictates your resale value. But for the most part, you can get a big portion of your money back out of the equipment. And at the same time, you have to keep in mind if I pay ten ten thousand for a more, which is common now, more prices have been going up. But mm -hmm. if I pay ten thousand for a more. And I can sell it for five in a two, three years later. You have to look at how much money you made with that more. And, yeah. and it kind of it evens out. If you made 50 grand with that more and it only lost five thousand dollars in value, you know, that's a good deal. So can you speak on the tax write-off business side of, of the equipment, uh, vehicles, plowing, um, mm -hmm. can you can you speak on that part of it? Yeah. Uh, that's another advantage. You have a bunch of different advantages uh, when you have a business and you're dealing with equipment and expenses. So depending on how you, and this is not advice. This is just, uh, it's not tax advice. It's just what I know about what I know about the game. Yeah. So um, there's an expense part of the game that people play when you run a business. So you can expense basically anything that you buy that you use to make money with your business can be used as a tax write-off for the most part. So mm -hmm. that's your truck. It can be a car. Mm -hmm. If you, if you're driving around in your car, passing out flyers, that mileage that you're putting on your car to pass out flyers for your business is tax deductible. Mm -hmm. Even, even if you don't put a lawnmower in that car, if you're doing some activity to make money for your business, you can use those mileage, that mileage on your car, to deduct it from your taxes. If you buy a piece of equipment, um, you can deduct that. If you buy a computer that's used to run your equipment or a cell phone that's used to run your equipment, uh, I mean, run, not your equipment, run your business, then mm -hmm. you can deduct the cost of that equipment. If it's furniture, if you have a, a home office and you paint your home office and, and put a desk and furniture and a computer and you can use all that stuff to write off uh, part of your taxes. You can also use, like, if you store your equipment in your garage, you can use that space um, uh, as a write-off. So, yeah, there's a, a big part of the game that's, you know, used to write off 
um, your taxes. So mm -hmm. a lot of times if you have like a regular job and you're doing landscaping on the side, of course mm -hmm. you owe taxes from your regular paycheck. But then when you come in with your business expenses, you can lower your how much you owe in taxes, you know, with your business expenses. You get to keep moving. Okay. Talk yeah. about your fear of starting out to be an entrepreneur. What, what what got you over that fear? You know, did you come from a background like families and uh, family members being successful entrepreneurs? You know, or were you the first in your family? I'm gonna tell you a story. Okay. okay. I didn't no fear. Uh, let me see. My uncle Peter passed away early in his 20s. He was a mechanic. He was doing his own thing on the side. He was a certified mechanic. So he had technically he had his own business. He didn't have a building, but you know, just that side hustle. Mm -hmm. uh, he was certified, had the degree, the degree, probably on on his way to building up to having his own shop, but his, his life got cut short early. I had an uncle, Tommy, who was into fixing houses. So painting, tuck pointing, anything with the house he did. Um, he got sick. And it's one thing I was talking to him when he was sick. He he was able to still talk and everything, but he was on he knew he was on his way out. He had cancer, throat mm -hmm. cancer. So he didn't want treatment. He was like, I'm gonna ride this until it goes out. When I go out, that's it. Mm -hmm. You know how black people be talking about, I don't want to get cut on. Yeah. One of those things. But he said something to me one day. He he didn't talk to me. He knew his end was coming. And he didn't talk to me about his kids. He didn't talk to me about things he did in his life. He talked to me about what he didn't do in his mm -hmm. life. And what he told me was he wanted to have a business. He wanted to have a building. Now, his whole life, he had worked jobs, but he had he had hustled on the side, you know, fixing up houses, mm -hmm. um, painting, all kinds of stuff. He can do anything with a house. Mm -hmm. But what he really wanted to do was have a, a more legitimate business. He wanted to have a company name, a company truck. Like you just talked about, he wanted to have business expenses, have a, a real business. That's That's what his regret was in life. He didn't say anything about his kids. He didn't say anything about anything else. This is what he talked to me about. So when, when that happened, I just, a light just went off. And I just knew I didn't want it, want that to happen to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I think black men in general, because we, black people, we get the lesser of everything. We we get the scraps. We always have to take less and make it work for us. You yeah. know what I'm trying to say? I know exactly what you're trying to say. Or work harder and still get less. Yeah. Work twice as hard. Yep. Mm -hmm. Twice as hard and, and still may end up with less. That's just how it is for us. So the black man naturally, most or some, wants to have their own property or their own business, their own something. So anyway, when my uncle told me that, I just I had already been doing the landscape and stuff like on the side. But at that point, I just knew I had to make it more legitimate. So I had to get my LLC. I had to get my I didn't have a business bank account. I was just cash. Just pay me cash. And I put that money in my personal account. So at that point, you know, I set up my LLC. I set up my business bank account. When you're dealing with business also, there's a fear of. We have we have a fear of the IRS. 
Yep. We don't want them to know about the cash that we're making because we have to pay taxes on it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you try to keep it as cash as um, as long as possible. A lot of people do it. Mm-hmm. Some people never um, get a business bank account or LLC. They just make cash the whole time, trying to you know skirt paying taxes. But when you set up your uh, LLC, a business bank account, you're being watched. When you start taking uh, Square payments and PayPal payments. All that information gets reported to the government, so you have to pay taxes now. When you when you get these commercial contracts, they pay you by check. So these businesses are paying on um, taxes. So they're reporting to the government. I paid this contractor fifteen thousand dollars. So the government looks at your taxes, and they're they're looking for you to tell them to confirm that you made fifteen thousand dollars. The mm-hmm. business already said they paid you fifteen, so they already know that you got the fifteen. They're waiting on you to tell them about the 15 not not so much the 15 that you made they already know about it they're, they're waiting on you to tell you to, to tell them about the expenses so they can figure out how much taxes you owe on that 15. Mm-hmm. going back to your question a previous question they're waiting for you to list your expenses so you can they can figure out you and them they can figure out how much you owe them in taxes so the more expenses you have the less you pay in taxes just to bring that expense thing full circle yeah thanks Okay, so my uncle telling me that I just knew I had to, I, I didn't want to get to his age, get to the end and be like, damn, I wish I would have did this, did that. So I set up my LLC, business bank account, uh, business credit. I have business credit. I have business credit cards. I'm fully legit. You can look me up. I'm registered with the state. I pay taxes. I file taxes every year. I file taxes in the city. I file federal taxes, state taxes on my business. I pay taxes, all that stuff. Keep track of all my expenses. It's a fully legit business. You can look me up on um, Google Business. I have reviews. I have Yelp reviews. It's, you know, a full business. Um, So anyway, I got way off track. I just knew, basically talking to him, I forgot the original question. I just knew I had to. I didn't want to be in that position. Okay. So how long did it take you? How long did it take you to come up with your company name to, to start your LLC? You know what I'm saying? To make to legitimize everything, to go from that switch from that cash to say, you know what? I take all forms of payment. Yep. Okay. It's not that hard, man. I've helped people, other people set up their business, uh, businesses and figure out their situation, their tax situation and LLCs and business bank accounts. Because once you go through it, you just learn it. You may make some mistakes, mm-hmm. but you know, so sometimes when I don't like this about people. When you look online, there are like a lot of, look at this fail video. This person tried this and they failed. They tripped. They tried to do a backflip and they didn't land it and they flipped. But when people fail, they are learning. So you you shouldn't really laugh at people when they fail because they're learning. Stop, 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 stop. Repeat that again. Repeat that for the listeners. I don't like the way we like laugh at people failing, failing. Um, For instance, you you see it online all the time. Lady walking down the street and she trips and she falls. Somebody trying to learn uh, a new dance move and they fall. They're trying to do a backflip and they fall. And we just point our finger and go, ha, 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 ha. But when people are failing, they are learning. It's the learning process. We shouldn't, uh, make people feel bad about failing because all they're doing is that they're trying something new and they're learning as they go. So you're going to make mistakes along the, on, along the way, but 
you have to embrace that. You have to, you have to, sometimes you have to fall down to get back up is what I'm trying to say. So, I mean, I don't really care about that. I make mistakes all the time and yeah, I get less, as I go further along, I get less and less embarrassed. Um, Like in this game, you'll see people with big mores and they'll look down at you because you, they may have a 60 inch more. You have a 48 inch more. And they're like, yeah, I got the big more. <laughs> like, yeah. So what? I mean, this works for me. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I'm saying? People just look down on other people when they are learning or when they're building up mm-hmm. um, to wherever they want to go or wh- whatever they're trying to do. So, yeah, failing or making mistakes is the part of the game. So going back to your question about setting up this business, and how long it took, if it's difficult. You can set up your LLC tonight. You can have your business name and your LLC done in 30 minutes. You can be registered with your state with the business name in 30 minutes from right now. It's not hard. It's not expensive. In Missouri, I think it's like 50 bucks, 50 bucks or less. You can do it right online. You don't have to go anywhere. You can search to see if somebody already has the name registered. If they don't, you can take their name and it's your name. Um, and you can have that your name all set up today. The next tomorrow, you can apply for a business bank account. You can have your business bank account set up tomorrow. After you have your business bank account, that same day, you can apply for your first business credit card. You can have this stuff rolling in, in two days. So it's not hard. It's not expensive. It's so no reason. I heard you correctly. You can set up your entire business legitimized in one week. Less than one week. Mm. one week or less and and i'm not talking about no crazy shortcuts i'm talking about real legit setup you can go to your state's business website you can just google how to start a business in missouri how to start a business or register a business in texas or register a business in missouri or how to start an llc you have different types of llcs it's not even hard if you're one person it's just one one type of LLC. It's just a single person LLC. If you have partners, you want to set up a partnership LLC. It's, it's not even hard to do. You can figure that out. Figure that out also. It's not expensive. It's fit probably 50 bucks or less. You can do it online. Um, so you register your, your business with the state. Your bank wants to see probably see that that you are, are a legitimate business registered with your state before they give you a business bank account. Some banks don't even care. You don't have to register with your state. You can just just say, just make up some business name and open a business bank account. They don't even, some business banks, I'm sorry, don't care. But if you want to do it the right way, I would say register with the state. There's another part I'm missing. Register with the state before you open your business bank account. You want to register with the federal government. So you want to get an EIN number, which is a, a federal, it's basically like a social security number for your business. Mm-hmm. That's free also. That's free. You can do that in a couple minutes. So register with your state, get your federal EIN number, open your business bank account. At that point, you are legitimate. You are a legit business. After that, you want to market and you probably want to already have some business, you know, some business already set up. You don't want to probably already, you probably want to already be doing the job or the service that you're trying to get into before you get to this point you don't have to you can go in whatever order you want to go in yeah i was just gonna say what what uh what difference does that make well 
before you invest this 50 bucks uh, to register with the state, and let me go back. At that point, when you register with the state and you get your federal EIN number, you have to start filing your taxes every year. Mm-hmm. Even if you make zero dollars, you still want to file taxes, file business taxes. So that's another expense. That's more t- you may if you're paying like somebody to do your taxes, that's more money you have to pay out. So what I'm saying is you don't want to start making these expenses if you're not sure that you're either committed to this business or you're not sure if you like the business or if you're not sure that you or, you know, it's something that you want to do. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. It makes sense. I follow what you're saying. You but want to be committed. You want to be committed, but you should not let any of this stuff stop you. If you have zero business and it's on your mind to do it, just go for it. And if it doesn't work out, like we just went back, what we just talked about, if you fail at it, you just learn. At that point, you'll know how to set up an LLC. You'll know how to get a federal um, EIN number. Maybe two, three years down the line, you'll come back or come up with some other idea. And you already know these basic steps. So, yeah, your first one failed. So what? Cost you $50 and cost you two days. You know what I'm saying? That's a good point. So you'll know all these different steps the next time. That's a good point. You probably did you probably deep on that one, Jay. Gotta give you credit on that. Let me, <laughs> whole give, hour. Let me give myself some applause. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Hopefully your sound effect work. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. So basically, it sounds like we're wrapping this up. If it's something on your mind and in your heart to do. Do your research on your own first. See if it's even possible to make money where you are doing what you want to do. And if it is, go for it. Yeah, I second that. I second that. Yeah, go for it. Even if it's just something on, on the side, yeah, just do it. I second that. We tricked everybody. We thought everybody thought this was the uh, freestyle, this was the entrepreneur episode, episode 31. Tricked you all. Yep. This is Pi D. This is Hughes. That's Jay. We signing off for everybody. All right. Like, Good pod. Thanks, man. Sure. All right. Peace. Yep. Yep.